Hello everyone, my name is Naomi Williams and welcome to Dawning Diabetes Podcast where we talk about type 1 diabetes, other autoimmune disorders, and healthy living. Hey everyone, welcome back to season two of Dawning Diabetes Podcast, where we talk about health, beauty, and all types of diabetes. It feels so great to talk with y'all again, but it's a new year. Who would have thought we would be in 2022 for season two of the show, okay? But anyway, so we all know that Valentine's Day was two weeks ago. Can you believe it? And whether you celebrate this holiday or not for all my single folk it just reminded me of the importance of self-care so today we are talking about self-care and we have special guest Lauren Borgiano who is talking with us today about self-care tips for type 1 diabetics and the diabetic community and her wellness company Wisely Health if you want some tips on taking care of you more from a health coach then listen to the show Please do not take any information or stories shared on this podcast as medical advice. Please consult with your doctor or medical professional before changing your health plan. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dawning Diabetes Podcast Season 2. So we have special guest Lauren Borgiano. She is a health coach, a certified health coach. She also has type 1 diabetes as well, you guys. But not only that, she also is the founder and CEO of Wisely Health. So welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you for having me, Naomi. This is the highlight of my day. I'm so excited to meet you. Your energy is just so vibrant and we're going to have a great conversation. I just know it. (laughs) Yes, ditto. So let's jump into it. So how did you get started with your company, Risely Health? Yeah. So, I mean, I was, we can go way back, right? So I was diagnosed when I was seven years old and throughout my lifetime and journey with diabetes, like many people, I quickly realized, and so did my family, that how I felt with diabetes, my level of confidence and my level of control was not dependent on the two to three times I went to my endocrinologist per year. It was really dependent on what I did outside and what I did in my day to day. And when I was 18 and I went off to college and I had kind of my own autonomy and way of living with diabetes and this new opportunity to like create who Lauren, Lauren Bondorno is and who is, who is, who am I going to be in this world and how am I going to take care of myself and my health? I went down this rabbit hole of like a four, four-ish year, five, six year, um, just deep dive into my diabetes and creating more proactive management versus reactive. So I like to say the first half of my, you know, ages seven through 18 was very much reactive. It was like chasing the highs. It was like, right. oh, shoot, I'm low, chug juice. It was, you know, middle of the night. Oh my gosh, let me crawl to like the cereal box and just shove my face <laughs> and like just solve this immediate problem and like go yeah. on. And that obviously teaches resilience. But when I got to college, I'm like, okay, but I don't want to, I'm tired. Like I can't yeah. focus. My energy is off. My mood is, I'm so moody. Like I want to be able to have better control. And so I really took ownership of that. And I remember just journaling on post-it notes, like every, my blood sugars, writing them down, I writing down the food, writing down my exercise, 
understanding even as a woman, like my cycle and like what parts of my cycle were impacting my blood sugars and my insulin sensitivity. And it was so great because I walked into the endocrinologist as a junior in college and she was expecting me to have like a, you know, a higher A1C that's reflective mm-hmm. of more like partying at college and drinking and eating, you know, right. midnight pizza. and I had a 5.7 A1C. And that was a really defining moment for me because on paper, I finally quote unquote achieved what every, you know, golden standard of a type one diabetes, a person with type one diabetes, you know, is, is striving for is this, is this number. Right. And the thing was, is that I got there, but I was sitting there like, wait a second, this isn't sustainable. Like I can't just be constantly so hyper-focused on diabetes every second of the day. So from there, I went out to set on, how do I find a balance? How do I find a balance between yes, being you know, proactive in my diabetes management and feeling good and having great control of my numbers, but also being able to live my life and go out to eat with my family or my friends or have a drink or, um, you know, throughout the day, not be thinking of diabetes every single second. And it was really this holistic perspective that helped me get to the place that I am today. And so Risely was, was a, journey that evolved over, you know, since 2015 from my own personal health coaching practice after I went to school for that and started coaching um, people with diabetes. And now Risely, we have a team of coaches. We have a medical advisory board. We really help empower people and parents of T1D kids um, impacted by diabetes take ownership over their diabetes outside the endocrinologist. So that's a little bit of a, a long-winded answer, but hopefully it gives you a little oh, bit more. Oh, that's <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a great answer. And I like how you said that, like not um, reactive or proactive. And that's something that as diabetics and type ones and really anyone in general, just taking that um, health into your own hands and saying, instead of me being reactive to it, let me get proactive. So like you said, we can live our lives and have that balance on the day to day. Um, so yeah, that's powerful. Um, so how does your wellness and workout plans help people living with type one diabetes and diabetes in general? Yeah. So I like to think of what we do at Risely as it's not necessarily a plan, right? We of course help people with nutrition and exercise, but it's not through saying, follow this or do this. It's really about holding space to put the person with diabetes in the driver's seat and get them to slow down, be more mindful of what their patterns are and get curious about what's working and what needs to change, whether that is with their nutrition or their blood sugars, or even sometimes their insulin, but it's also with their mindset, right? And how they're relating to diabetes and their relationship to diabetes, because that's a huge part as well. So it's very much putting them in the driver's seat and thinking about like, where do they want to be? Where are they today? And how do we help them fill or close that gap? Oh, that's great to know. And so how can someone like me or just someone in the diabetes community, um, they take care of someone with diabetes or they are a diabetic themselves. How can they join Risely Health in getting proactive with their health? 
Yeah. So, I mean, the first step I would say is to head over to Instagram, follow us on Risely Health and just look out for, you know, all the resources that we give, especially the free ones. Like we give so many free resources. Right now we're doing a free community challenge where it's seven days of logging your blood sugars and your mood and your energy and your exercise and kind of getting these daily prompts in emails with tips on blood sugars while you're journaling and how to reflect on what your patterns are. And I think a really good resource to start with is the diabetic health journal that you can get on Amazon. So you can, um, there's two versions of it. There's a hard cover and a soft cover, but you can, you know, head to the risely.com website to get it. But it's a really good like entry level resource where you can have space to write down and reflect not just on your numbers, but on that like holistic perspective that we're talking about. Oh, that's great to know. And so speaking of tips and journaling, which is a great tip, um, I do journaling as well. And I write for those of you who don't know, I actually write poems and different things like that. Um, And so what are some self-care tips that you would that you do for yourself that could help other diabetics, um, especially when it comes to like mental health and just, you know, giving yourself like self-love? So what are some tips? Yeah, I love that. Well, first of all, I think that's amazing that you do poetry. I want to see some of your poems. I wrote a poem once in fourth grade. I I remember it. I wrote it. It was called The Wind. And I thought it was the best poem in the entire world. (laughs) And I submitted it for like the writing poetry contest and I did not win. And I went and resubmitted it a second time and I still didn't win. And that my poetry dreams. So I am glad to see that people like you are were more successful than I am with my poetry. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I definitely will take that into consideration because I was thinking about posting it on Instagram. And also, you guys, let me know if you want to see my poetry on Donnie Diabetes underscore one. Let me know. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm plugging you. I love it. I want to see more of that. Um, but, but yeah, okay. So a tip for, for people with mindset and mental health specifically, I would say we don't pay attention to our thoughts enough. We often are kind of reactive to our thoughts. So we have this thought of oh shoot, my blood sugar went high today. Screw it. I'm, you know, might as well just screw the rest of the day and start over tomorrow. Or, oh my gosh, I had pizza for lunch and I didn't make the best decision. So, you know, I'm, I'm bad, right. I'm a bad diabetic or whatever that mindset pattern that you might be in is. Um, another one could be, you know, my, my doctor's telling me I'm non-compliant because of my diabetes numbers. And maybe I am just non-compliant, but maybe the truth of it is that you just haven't had the right tools and resources and support to get you, you know, where you need to be. And so I think that we often like we embody those thoughts without questioning them. So a really good place to start is to be, to write down all of the limiting beliefs, basically the things that you say over and over to yourself again, I'm not good enough. I'm a bad diabetic. I'll never get to where I want to be. Write them on paper and see them and recognize that they're a story that you're telling yourself. And if there's a story that you're telling yourself, you've probably gotten really good at believing it because you've told that story many times. So if you're getting held back by these thoughts and not getting to where you want to be, it's time to write a new story. And so you can start by taking each one of those and replacing it with something else. And then every time you say that limiting belief, remind yourself, oh, no, no, no. Like that's the old me. The new me tells this story. 
right? It's not that I'm a bad diabetic. It's that I'm currently working on getting better with my diabetes management, right? Just switching it to a little bit more of a positive mindset and reframe. Yeah, that's, that's good. And also like having confidence in your diabetes too, that, that can definitely help with that for just those of you who struggle with confidence in it. Um, that's a great tip. And so any like just self-care tips that you do to manage your diabetes, um, that you want to share, um, it can be on the surface, it can be on details, or what are just some things that you do to show yourself self-love, um, Yeah. So I think the biggest one, that's a great question, is really replacing judgment with curiosity. So kind of ties to what I was saying before, except for a little bit more tactical in that when you're looking at your numbers and if you're not happy with what you're seeing, instead of judging yourself for it, just observe it and imagine instead of holding a hammer in your hand, holding a magnifying glass and saying, I'm really going to not continue to beat myself down for having this, you know, blood sugar roller coaster or whatever it looks like, high A1C, low percentage time and range, and just get curious about it and say, you know what, like, how can I maybe, this is a goal of mine to improve. And the only way to improve it is to slow down and with self-compassion say, well, where can I start? Right. And then from there, maybe you're choosing a fourth of the day to work on, or maybe you're choosing just something you can have like a really small win with. So it could even be pre-bolusing, right? Like giving your insulin before you eat, which can help with your post meal numbers, but get some kind of like small wins underneath you. And then once you build that momentum, you can continue adding on from there. Yeah, that's true. And I'm learning that myself, you guys, like, especially with pre-bolusing, like I've been doing that lately and my blood sugar is going to go nicely when I pre-bolus in the morning. Um, But if I miss pre-bolusing, I usually could catch it with exercise or being active. But yeah, pre-bolusing does help see the small wins and then build upon that. So that's great to know. My next question is, do you celebrate um, your diversity? And I asked this question because this week is my diversity week. So, but I wonder, do you celebrate yours? I love that. So I feel like my diabetes anniversary is the most just like ironic date. It's the first day of National Diabetes Awareness Month. So it's wow. Oh, that's funny. Oh, but that's so cool though. At the same time, that's so cool. Yeah, it, it really is. And I don't think I ever celebrated it until probably like maybe like six or seven years ago. Usually it was like a really sad text message I would get from my mom of her being like, you know what day it is? And I'm just like, November 1st. And she's like, I'm crying. Like I'm remembering when you were diagnosed and it wasn't really like a celebration, but now I kind of, you know, I, that day is such a big day and it's, and it's also, um, something that I want to encourage other people to, to celebrate in a way, because it's, you know, so I share mine because it is an important date. It's, it's an important part of who we are. And it's a sign of how resilient we are, how much we've grown since that first date of getting diagnosed, you know, no matter where you are in your journey, you've definitely grown emotionally with your diabetes, mentally, all of it. So, um, so yeah, that's my date the day after Halloween where everybody's like, did you eat too much candy? (laughs) Like, no, but, but yeah, so that's my date. Mine is 16 years. Um, cause mine is February 6th through the 10th because that's how long I stayed in the hospital. 
but I was diagnosed on the the sick, um, which was a Wednesday. It was in 2006. Yeah. So, <laughs> so wow. that, yeah. So I like that, that you're celebrating for a whole month, a whole week. Yeah. Like a whole, <laughs> I got a whole, a whole week for myself. Yeah. I was in the hospital, I think same for like four or five days. And mm-hmm. I don't think they do that anymore. Usually with diagnosis now they keep you for one, two days, I think like max for a lot of people. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. So I wonder if that means that kids who are newly diagnosed are getting the pumps sooner than perhaps when we were getting the pumps. Um, so I don't know. That's a good question. Um, yeah, but they're definitely getting CGMs like right away, especially kids. And I think everybody really, if they, if they want it and they have access to it with insurance and everything, but, um, you know, with insulin pumps, I think that it depends of course on the person, but there may just be you know, a faster just period of, of education, um, that they're giving that maybe they didn't give to us, you know, 16 years for you and 21 years ago for me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because, oh my gosh, back in the early two thousands, I didn't even hear about pumps until I went to camp kazoo. And so that was when, but yeah, CGMs, that's great that they're more available to kids now, because I have noticed that like kids do wear CGMs more, especially at um, camp. So, um, which is great. Cause we did not have that. You guys, <laughs> um, way back. We did not, it, it took years for us to get those type of things. And plus it was still new technology as well. Um, the kind of go into like a history, I guess, a little lesson um, for those of you listening. But yeah, we've come so far and that's why, yeah, I advocate too for those of you who have diabetes to celebrate your diversity and caregivers of diabetes to celebrate with, you know, your diabetics too in your lives um, because y'all all got through it together and you're still getting through it together. And so me and my family, um, we, I started celebrating when I was like in my early 20s um, with my family. So we like go out to eat and stuff. Um, because at first I'll just kind of like, oh, let me just kind of blow it off. It doesn't mean anything. I'm good. But then I started realizing, no, I have emotions around this time. And I have like victories. I came over that year. And so, yeah, I have to celebrate because that just helps me um, personally, like remember all the good in being a type one and all that I learned and I'm still learning. So that's why I encourage people to, um, to celebrate your diversity because yeah, it helps. It, it helps, um, with the, all the processes that we go through. (laughs) So most definitely. Um, but what are some other hobbies, um, that you love doing? So I recently, I'm very, I'm very into just athletics and sports and working out. But recently I started taking horseback riding lessons and it's so random because I literally woke up one day, a couple of days before my birthday this year, my 28th birthday. And I was like, I have like a craving to like ride a horse, like weirdest thing. (laughs) And I started taking lessons and it was so like hard because it really is like you're using different muscle groups. You're navigating this like huge horse. Yeah. And 
I have found though so much joy out of it because you have to be so present with it and so focused that it translates into other areas of your life. Right. And it also gives you this stress relief where you're not attached to your phone. You're not, you yeah. can't be thinking of other things. So I'm a big proponent of doing things in your life that is, especially as an adult, that just brings out like that inner child in you where you can let go of your responsibilities, even forget diabetes for a little bit. Right. And just whether it's horseback riding or painting or poetry or shooting a bow and arrow, I don't know, but like whatever your thing is, like find something that like brings you that like inner peace and kind of brings out just like more of that playfulness in you because it's a very undervalued part of health and can bring you a lot of happiness and a lot of joy. So yeah, that is, that's a hobby that I've been loving lately. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome that you're horseback riding and just being in nature. Cause I love walking too and hiking as well. Um, and being around all the animals and seeing everything kind of squirry and stuff. Now, if it's a wild animal, okay, then that that's scary. Okay. Let me go the other way, <laughs> but I love nature as well. Um, too. And yeah, I was thinking about horseback riding as well and just trying it because even though I'm from the South, okay, y'all all my Southern people, I never rode a horse <laughs> before. <laughs> so I admit it, but I would like to ride a horse one day, um, one day soon. I used to ride now, I did ride a pony when I was like a little, little kid, but that was before I was diagnosed. I was like four. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It's like those birthday parties that you're, you know, that you, that you get put on and you're riding it, but yeah, it's definitely something to, to revisit. If you're, if your soul is feeling called to do something that's like kind of out of the box and you're like, this is so random, like just do it. Like you have nothing else to lose and, and definitely let me know if you try it. <laughs> okay. I will. And I'll, I'll keep you posted, Lauren. I'll keep everybody else posted as well. Pictures will be coming on Instagram if I try it this <laughs> summer. So We'll see. We'll definitely see. But anything um, else you would like to um, say to motivate people or just in, leave encouraging remarks? Yeah, I think that, you know, diabetes is something where it really impacts us mentally and emotionally. And as much as you're paying attention to your blood sugar numbers, like really pay attention to even if it's like anger or resentment or sadness, all those feelings are completely valid and just pay attention to them and see if you can, you know, find points of the day or of the week that you feel more moody or less energized or more, you know, sad or, or angry or whatever it is and, and look closely at what the triggers are so you can deeply understand like where the root of that is coming from. And then from there, you can start to work on it. So these are all things that I love, love, love supporting people with. So if you listen to this podcast and anything resonated with you, um, you can come say hi to me on Instagram, shoot me a DM and let me know. And um, I will be looking out and, and happy to support anybody through any questions they have. Yes. And um, you will also find information on Lauren's Instagram and also Risley Health in the show notes as well. I always post show notes. So definitely look out for those, you guys. Well, that's it for today, folks. Thank you so much, Lauren, for coming on to the show and sharing your tips and your business that helps so many people in the diabetes community. So thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you to Lauren Borgiano for coming on to the show again. Yeah, self-care is so important. And I'm going to add on to what Lauren had just told us about. So according to the National Institute of Mental Health, self-care means to do activities that help your physical and mental health. Some examples are exercise, eating healthy meals, drinking water, sleeping, relaxing, setting goals and priorities, and focus on positivity. So one exercise activity they mention is walking or doing a physical activity for 30 minutes a day. I know walking in nature helps me with staying active. Even if I don't go work out at the gym, then they mentioned having a sleep schedule. So I can say for myself, going to bed on time does help stabilize my BG levels. And I notice if I don't get enough sleep, then my BG levels are higher than normal the next day. So two things I have been working on is having a schedule for myself and relaxing at the end of my day. Relaxing is hard for me, but I do journal, pray, and read, so this relaxes me, but I need to time this better around work, right? But according to Cleveland Clinic, It can take about 18 to 250 days to develop a self-care routine. Go figure. So this routine takes time to establish and it does change, right? Schedules change all the time. So let me know if you guys have a routine for yourselves and if you just start it, how's it going? Head over to my IG to answer this question and your answer might be shouted out on my IG story. Okay, so I also just want to add this that a therapist that's right for you or a health coach um, can give you more self-care tools. I know as young adults and adults, we have many things on our plate, but adding type one diabetes and diabetes to that plate can get heavy. So it's okay to seek out a professional therapist and licensed health coach that you can afford too. Let's normalize diabetes and therapy. So that's my self-care tips for today. Day, folks. If you like today's episode, please share, subscribe, and join the Dawning Diabetes community on IG. Thank you for tuning in to season two of Dawning Diabetes Podcast. Episodes are posted every month on Thursdays, every month on Thursdays on Pandora, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. If you would like to share your story or health expertise on the show to spread awareness and help the diabetes community, please email or reach out to me on IG. I will talk with y'all next time. Stay tuned.